to Great Minds, a wine-centric podcast where two wine-loving friends take a look at the history, the culture, the people, and the stories behind what is in that glass you swirl around every night, every day, maybe in the morning, I don't know. I'm Gina Birch. And I'm Julie Glenn. Today we continue our celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month, taking a look at the impact Hispanic and Latin Americans have had on the wine industry, from the fields to the barrel rooms to winery owners, such as our guest today. Yes, you know, years ago I was on a trip to Napa. I'm, I'm guessing it may been sometime in the early 2000s, and someone got us set up with a tasting at this little winery called Mi Sueño. They were bragging about how great the wines are, and it's something we we had to discover. And, you know, we had been to all of these fancy tasting rooms in Napa, and, and we followed directions, and it led us to an industrial park, and we thought... Uh, we're in an industrial park. Are we sure? We've got to be in the wrong place. Everyone's bragging about how this this cute little winery, and um, no, it was there was nothing wrong about it. Everything was right. I fell in love with the wines and the story behind them, and I'm so excited that we actually get to delve into uh, the history of that and, and the story behind it today. And there is no one better to tell the story about this winery than the man who lives it. It's Rolando Herrera. Hi, Rolando. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, hello. Uh, thank you for having me. Well, we're, we're so happy. First of all, you know, before we talk about your story, how are things out in California right now? You know, are you, are you okay? Is the, are the fires around you? How, how are we um, shaping up right now? Yeah, well, today, you know, we're back to being in California. We have a beautiful sunny day. It's great to see blue skies again. Mm, good. You know, but it has been, uh, you know, a little rough with these fires, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, around us, not, not, not near us, but uh, it looks like, uh, you know, we're past that now. So we're getting ready to harvest here. Where are okay. your vineyards located? I know you've got, um, you have wines from all over the region. Yes, we have vineyards in both counties, uh, Napa and Sonoma. So about uh, 80% of our vineyards are in Napa and 20% are in Sonoma. So how did you get to this point where you have vineyards in Napa and Sonoma? A dream for many, many people, mm-hmm. including myself. <laughs> um, how did you Get from point A to point B. Tell me about your, your story. <clears throat> wow. Well, um, Misueño started, uh, you know, my wife and I, my, my wife Lorena and I started Misueño back in 1997. So that's the year we got married. That's the same year we uh, decided to buy some grapes um, and, you know, start making wine. And the idea behind that was uh, we, I really I wanted to prove myself to see if I, could, if I was ready to be a winemaker. And you know, put something in the bottle that I could I call I could call my resume in a bottle, in hopes that you know somebody could offer me, you know, a winemaking position. Because back you know, because my career in the wine industry started uh, back in 1985, where at Wine Cellars, where I was there for 10 years as a cellar worker, mm-hmm. and then from there I went to Chateau Patel as assistant winemaker. From 1995 to 1997, three harvests. And after my, I was ready to move on from Chateau Patel. <clears throat> I was looking for ways to to become a, a winemaker for a small winery program. And you know, it was um, very challenging to apply for those jobs with all the competition competition we have here in Napa, Napa Sonoma. There's a lot of talent. As we all know, there's a lot of talent, a lot of great winemakers, very educated, 
And I was missing the um, Davis or Fresno or university degree in enology and viticulture. I didn't, I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. I had my education here from Napa Valley College, you know, and the winemaking degree, and that was about it. You had the education of life. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, you had some um, agricultural. Your grandmother had a farm back when you were little. How much did that impact you as you were growing up? as a young person, and how much is that reflected in what you're doing today? Oh, tremendously. I mean, yes, uh, I, you know, I come from a small village in Mexico from the state of Michoacan named El Llano, which means the plain, and it's very rich in agricultural. So I grew up uh, working the fields, you know, um, not, not working the vineyards, but anything from produce, you name it, uh, zucchinis, cucumbers, melons, corn, strawberries. Mm. You know, so as a little kid, so with my grandparents, that's what we did. And I remember my, my grandma always talking to us um, about the importance of the soil and the wind and the sun, mm-hmm. you know. And more, she, was, she was a great motivator to so those were your, motivated to go and help her. Those were your so, first lessons in terroir. <laughs> yeah, really. Those, yes, those were the first lessons in, in terroir. And of course, the little kid were always complaining. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to go and pull some weeds and move some rocks and, you know, do all this, uh, this stuff. But uh, who would have thought that uh, down, uh, down the road in my lifetime, that would be, you know, the, the foundation, you know, that I would end up in, uh, in, in this industry, one industry where, you know, it's. Uh, Agriculture, it's um, my opinion, you know, growing grapes, it's the, it's the most important part of making great wine. So you started, you were looking, you're looking for a winemaker job, and it's super tough competition, very hard. So you ended up, did you just decide, well, let's just buy our own grapes and start our own winery? Pretty much, yeah, because um, every time I applied for a winemaking position, I would never get called. I sent my resume. You know, and I, I didn't have the credentials and I didn't have the experience. Mm-hmm. So I figured, well, if I, if I buy my own grapes and I make a great wine, then I have something to prove, right? He's like, I can say, here, I made this wine. This is my wine. <laughs> I'm right. a winemaker. That was yeah. the idea behind it. But, you know, the wine, uh, after 10 months in the barrel, the first uh, 1997, which was our first vintage, Tasted the wine with a bunch of our friends who were had more experience in grape palates than uh, every every one of our friends was very surprised and um, happy and they loved the wine. They didn't think the wine was from California. Actually, you know, like fifty percent of our friends said, "Wow, this this reminds me of a, of a Burgundy, wow. of a Burgundy white." And then when I told them that no, this is a you know Carnero Chardonnay, they were like, "Wow," <laughs> you know, so. And then we told them what our plans was to kind of just bottle a few cases to use that as a resume for me and then the rest sell it in bulk. Then they're like, no, you can't do that. You, you know, <laughs> you can't sell this, this great wine in the bulk market. You should bottle it. You're like, I'll buy it in and, bulk. And, <laughs> Your yeah, friends are so threatening to like, buy it all. Wow. <laughs> That's great. So that was a big shock. You know, when the friend says bottle it, of course, you know, um, it was. It took me months, my wife and I, months to digest that idea of bottling. You know, uh, starting our own label when we had, we have nothing. You know, we were, we were barely making our rent, uh, or trying to figure out how we're going to have a family and raise a family. 
but you know, one thing led to another, and after a few months, you know, uh, I, I, you know, come up to my wife and I say, you know what, we're going to bottle this wine, you know. Uh, but that was months of studying and reading all the, the rules and regulations and everything that it takes, and you know, we decided to bottle our wine, and, and we did that, and you know, twelve months later, and you know, we released it in the market with great success. And, was it just and a Chardonnay? Was it just a Chardonnay you originally started off with? Yeah, only uh, we first started with 200 cases of Chardonnay. Yes, that's in 1997. And do you? And obviously, you still make that your flagship. Are, are you do do you do different kinds of Chardonnay, or is it still that one particular that you have in your portfolio? Well, we make different Chardonnay. So um, when 1998 came around, we added a, a Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. You know, and then 1999. So by three years later, we were already uh, uh, had a Chardonnay, a Pinot, a Syrah, and a Cab. Mm-hmm. So because I knew um, that we needed to kind of, you know, move uh, add more skews to our to our brand if we if we were going to have any chance of being successful. Right. And then um, about five years later, I added a Sonoma Mountain Chardonnay, which we still produce. So we're, currently, we're making a Los Cordero Chardonnay. And that's Sonoma Mountain Chardonnay. And we've got in front of us today, we have your uh, Russian River Valley Pinot, the 2017 uh, Pinot Noir. And this says, um, established 97, so under there, that's the wine, that's the winery, right? Or was this one of those original the Pinots that you made from Russian River? No, the Russian River Pinot, uh, our first vintage of that was 2000, 2002 was our first Russian River Pinot. Um, but the winery established in 1997 mm-hmm. in our brand. Yeah. Um, but not until 2002, I had my first Russian River Pinot. That's when I was with uh, Paul Hobbs. Okay. My good friend Paul Hobbs. I was, you know, his director of winemaking for him, uh, for him for three years. And that's how I was exposed uh, to Russian River through him and fell in love with Russian River and you know, I I started buying grapes uh, at the beginning, and then in 2005, you know, we got our own vineyard, three acres of uh, Russian River land that we planted, and that's where we're currently getting our grapes for our Russian River Pinot. Well, this is so nice and fresh. It's got a nice little spicy finish on the palate, and um, it's... Um, I don't know. It, it, it gives me that in the back that makes me want to drink more and eat something, you know? <laughs> so 97 was the birth of Misoeño when the dream became reality. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about that. I mean, when you, you, you were just doing this little project on the side to prove that you could make wine, and then you said, oh, gosh, now we're going to bottle it. Now we're coming up with a company. And the name Misoeño means my dream, correct? That's correct, yes. And was there, were there any other ones in the running, or when you when you thought about that, you're like, no, this is my dream. This is perfect. This is perfect for my winery. <laughs> yeah, I was. I've um, for some reason I've always been really uh, close to that name, to that word, mi sueño, my dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, before this whole wine industry, when I used to mow lawns for uh, our neighbors around our neighborhood, I remember I got to. I have about eight or ten yards, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. <laughs> this is a business now. So I went to Cinco's back then, and I had Mi Sueño Landscaping. Oh, <laughs> oh there you go. So I named it. 
so it's always something that I, I had really close to me. So when this whole the wine uh, idea uh, came about, that's the first thing that I had in my mind. But it was one of the most difficult decisions we had to make. Mm. The same thing. It's like misueños, a new name. It's a Spanish word. And I shared that with a handful of my friends really close to me. And I asked them, you know, what do you think about using this name for our brand? And every single one said, Orlando, you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I go, you're crazy. You know, how, you know, how do you expect to be successful if you're already, you know, starting, you know, yourself way in the bottom? You know, this industry is very, very competitive. And you want to use a name that, you know, very few people can pronounce. And there's a, very few people can spell it. And it has a letter, you know, that it's not in our alphabet in English. So they're te- they, they basically say, you're already failing the basics 101 in marketing. You're making it really difficult for yourself and for your customers. <clears throat> and, wow, you know, that hit us like a, like a rock, you know, because yeah. they were right, right? So once we digested, like, they were right. Wow, we're making it, all, we're making it hard on ourselves. So that was tough to get to get by, you know. So that's why first we we bottled our wine as Shiners, but we didn't label it because we didn't have the name ready. Mm-hmm. Until several months went by, and it's one of those things, you know, just thinking about it. I really had to really think deep. My my wife did not have a problem. My wife Lorena, she's like, you know, whatever you want, you know, I'll support whatever name you want to have. I'll support. But for me, every time I start thinking about different names, other than Isueño. It just didn't feel right. I felt like, you know, I wasn't following my intuition. I wasn't following my passion. I wasn't following me. It wasn't being myself. I felt like a void. Mm -hmm. So I got tired of feeling that way. So one day I just woke up and I said, forget it. It's going to be my sueño. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I have goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Why would I want a name that I I, I don't relate to? This is my name. This is the name I've always had with me. And this is a. You're like, this is my uh, dream, people. Yes, this is my dream. This is what I want to share. And, and regardless if uh, we're successful or not, I want to share this story with my kids, with my grandkids, right? I'm surprised it's not and a capital I, M-I for me, Senor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm more afraid about not pursuing my dream, you know, with this name than uh, anything else. Wow. Right? So anyway, I just uh, talked myself into, you know, and gave myself a lot of comfort, confidence and very positive thinking. And... um and I stuck to it, and it's Sammy Sueño. Yeah, I think we all that, need. That was very tough. We need that positive uh, uh, feedback and and story right now. I think because so many people are uh, reevaluating what they're doing because of the pandemic and trying to figure out what their dreams and their passions are, and not yeah. going back to work or to a or a relationship or whatever that's not serving them and giving them a passion and, and making them feel good about themselves. So hopefully somebody heard your story and is a little inspired by it today as well. I am. I'm getting ready to go by farm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Rolando, I have a really weird little exercise I want to take you on, and I do this all the time okay. with myself. If you were to go back to, like, 1983, when you first got to Northern California, and you were able, as young Rolando to see where you are right now and see a bottle of Misueño and know what you have going on at this point, what do you think your young self would think of this? Mm-hmm. Wow. If I could go back to 1983, 
en sí a bottle mi sueño, it's hard to put in words because really, um, you know, I've been asked this question, you know, couple couple times, and I still can't find words to describe the how lucky I feel, how grateful I feel, right? And I'm surprised at some in some occasions of, you know, I've just been blessed. My wife and I, we've been blessed that, you know, through this journey, right, we have to make a lot of sacrifices, a lot of compromises. We've gone through a lot of, you know, financial pain, physical pain. But for whatever reason, it seems like when we have to make tough decisions, we've been very blessed that we made the right decisions that had led us here. That makes sense? But it's it's uh you know, it's it's my it's just me story story, my story, but I think uh it's um I'm very proud. I'm certain I'm very proud. But also speaks volume of you know how great this country is. Mm-hmm. And mi sueño speaks that and it's a it's a proof that the American dream is still alive, is still out there. You know, it's still the best country in the world that you can come and if you work hard, you know, and we do all the things that our ancestors taught us, you know, by working hard respecting each other, being loyal, being honest, transparent, and working smart, you can accomplish your goals. You can be successful. You can accomplish your dreams. Mm. Well, I'm about to cry. I know, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, it's just like a lot of hard work, perseverance, staying true to yourself. I mean, you're giving us all of the things that we all have written on our vision boards if we have those. Right. It's just um, really great to get to know you, and I'm grateful that you stuck to your guns. I love the name Misueño. Mm-hmm. I love the wine, Thank and um, I love that even though there were a lot of trials and tribulations, you didn't give up. You know, we didn't even get into uh, the really nitty-gritty of a story coming here from Mexico as a teenager and washing dishes and all the other jobs and things that you did to support yourself to to get to. Like you said, you've got a whole different reel playing in your head of, of your story, and we're just getting a small little snapshot just of it. just scratching the surface. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're going to have to write a book. You realize that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like to say, I mean, I, I, would, I would do it all over again now that, uh, you know— God and life has uh, given me the opportunity to be here and live what we've gone through. Uh, I would do it all over again, including washing dishes, because I like to say, you know, I wasn't just a a dishwasher. I was a great dishwasher for a great chef, a bird de soleil. And every journey has taught me so much, and it's helped me um, be who I am today. And I've got had great mentors throughout my journey, and that's very, very important. Be able to recognize that and, t- and, and be able to recognize it and take advantage of it and absorb things as you go along. Yes. Before we let you go, uh, what other wines do you have in the portfolio that people listening can look for and find? I mean, I know you've got some ones that you don't find all the time, like Petit Verdot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't see that every day on the shelves. Yeah. Yeah, so, so in the... Uh, so Mistrenia is the main brand that we uh, started in 1997, and currently we're making two chars, the Russian River Pinot, a Syrah, uh, three cabs, 
uh, Napa Valley-based cab, but we've also got some single vineyard, uh, premium Cabernet, uh, which I love, I love to uh, put together. Uh, single vineyard uh, wines, because I think that's really the ultimate challenge for a farmer and a winemaker, mm-hmm. to put the beautiful product in the bottle that's 100%, you know, from one site, one to our. So we have that. Um, and then in 2003... We started another brand, another label, in honor of my family name, Herrera, you know, or Herrera, if you pronounce the H. <laughs> and we started a new brand in honor of uh, our children. So the first one we started with, uh, with Selección Rebeca. She's the oldest daughter. She's 22 now. And, you know, and for me to start that brand, it had a whole other meaning. Because in 1998, 99, when we bottled our first wine... It was full, it was like a hurricane uh, of emotions, you know, in my mind and in my heart. I was really happy and I was really proud. I couldn't believe when I saw those bottles coming off the bottom line with my label saying, Mi Sueño, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, ah, so think about it, like, oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) At the same time, I was a little, I was frustrated because I had to make some compromises on the glass and the paper quality and the, uh, you know, the, the artistic side, the designing side, because we couldn't afford it. We didn't have financial means to dress the bottle to our standards, to our liking. So that year I made a promise to myself and I said, you know, I was, I was upset. I got, you know, I said, one day, you know, I'm going to make a, on a, a wine, I want to start another label in honor of my family name, Herrera, and I want to dedicate a wine to each one of my children, right, mm-hmm. and my wife, and I promise that when that package comes out, I will make no c- compromises, you know. It's going to be everything we want, the glass, the paper, the wood box, everything. Wow. And in 2003, you know, we had a, um, and we still have that vineyard, beautiful vineyard here in in, uh, Kunzel. And we just uh, produced a beautiful wine, Cabernet. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is great. And I said, this is the beginning of Herrera. And we did that. And it was so exciting, you know. And when, but we only did 100 cases. So Herrera, it's, all, it's only 100 cases of each wine. But, you know, we went out and really bought everything to our liking, to our standards. And it was a beautiful feeling. It kind of it filled that void for me, right? It's like, yes, I did it. You know, it, had the, it came in a wood box, three packs, and everything you can think of. So very, very nice. So, so we have that label. And today we have uh, seven SKUs. So now there's a wine for each one of our children. Mm-hmm. So there's two Cabernets, there's a Malbec, there's a Petit Verdot, there's a Chardonnay that aged anywhere between 30 to 36 months, which is wow. crazy, which is amazing. And in 2015, I finally uh, was gifted by Mother Nature with beautiful grapes and uh, started my Selección Lorena in honor of my wife. Oh, you better so. use beautiful grapes for your wife. That one's probably <laughs> going to be really pretty <laughs> and elegant. Yeah, she, and <laughs> she loves blends, you know. So and uh, and she has a really good palate. And 
I, I needed to wait. I needed to make sure that I had really good grapes too, <laughs> you know, to come up with that blend for her. The no best, kidding. The best grapes. Well, I got to say thank you for um, doing a Syrah. I don't know why the world seems to have abandoned that as a single variety in a bottle. Yeah. It's very sad when you just don't really see many yeah. of them, but um, I'm, I'm grateful that you're doing that. Thank you. It's one of my favorites. I love from the vineyard to the bottle to the table. Mm-hmm. I love Syrah. I think the it people that truly love wine tend to really like Syrah. Yes. And we'll seek it out. And I'm really liking this Pinot as it opens oh, more, too. Is... Get more cherry and savory notes. It's really lovely. I'm not throwing out the Pinot Noir, no that's way. for sure. Rolando, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and helping us celebrate uh, Hispanic Heritage Month with uh, Grape Minds podcast. And we uh, love that your contributions to um, our passion. Our passion is drinking wine, <laughs> not necessarily making it. but Also the example you set in just living life. Yes. You know, I really, uh, I really loved listening to you talk about your story, and I'm looking forward to your book when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share you well, know, my story or part of my story with you and, uh, and you guys uh, and hope to uh, see you guys in Napa, our humble place. Oh, you'll see me. A glass of wine with you all. Yes. I've got family out there. I'm going to visit them as soon as uh, I'm more freely traveling. So we'll be seeing you soon yes. for sure. Mi sueño. That's on our list. It's thank mi you sueño again. to visit mi sueño. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producer for online media is Tara Calligan. Technical production is by Mike Canary. Our theme music is by Victor and Penny. It's a cover of the Cole Porter favorite, You'd Be So Nice to Come Home To. And so would a nice glass of wine. No kidding. <laughs> to get in touch, check greatminds.org or call the Grape Line and ask a wine question that we can address on a future show. That number is 707-200-3632. Thanks for listening. Thunder in August, moon burning above.